This is Popaganda, the feminist response to pop culture podcast. I'm Sarah Merck. So I would say the first time I experienced symptoms, I was uh, 13 or 14. Say hello to Carolyn Riley, writer, law student, excellent human extraordinaire. And then in my senior year of high school, I had my period for three months, like literally spotting every day for three months. And I was fatigued and I was really like sick feeling all the time. And so I went For most of her life, she has dealt with a mystery. The mystery was unfortunately coming from inside her own body, a mysterious, very intense pain that plagued her ever since she got her period as a teenager. This is going to sound really sort of comical, but the best way I can describe it is this feeling like they were like hermit crabs pinching me, like this awful sort of prickly, needly feeling, usually in the middle of the month, but it really popped up whenever. And I never really could figure out what it was. And then I would all, sometimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night with a really sharp, like stabbing pain. She went to the doctor a lot. No one could figure out what it was, but it was definitely related to her uterus in some way and nobody could figure out what it was. Everybody said, maybe it's cysts. You know, maybe it's just one doctor said I had really active ovaries, which in retrospect sounds so not what was going on. Doctors told her over and over that the pain was just part of having a period. When you have a uterus, pain is just a fact of life. So it sucks, but grin and bear it. It's something that we just sort of have to suck up and everybody deals with it. And and I think that's sort of the mindset that I was in at the time. Carolyn tried different birth controls. She tried painkillers. The mysterious pain was frightening and bad, but she could deal with it. Until a year ago, when she started law school. I would drive to school in the morning and it was an hour and a half sometimes in traffic, two hours, and I could not hold my pee. I was literally like the feeling of having to pee. I would get lightheaded and nauseous and feel like I was going to pass out from the pain of it. And when I did get my period, my cramps were so, so mind-numbing that I would take a 1,000 milligrams of extra-strength Tylenol, and I just remember sitting in class, in my property law class, trying to understand what was going on, and just sweating profusely one minute and having the worst chills the next and feeling, again, like I was just going to hit the deck. The pain was all-consuming, but that's just part of having a period, right? But again, in my head the whole time, I'm like, I just have bad periods. My period's always been screwed up. And I got really, really worried one night when I was talking to my mom about it. And I said, I said, no, my, my pelvis hurts when, when you press on it. Just try. And she pressed on my stomach right below my belly button. And I yelped and doubled over in pain. And I was like, what is going on? And I just remember going to bed that night crying because I was terrified of of. of what this pain was, because I was like, this seems like it's all coming to a head and I haven't gotten any answers thus far. So where do I go from here? After that night where the pain was so bad, it kept her up crying. Carolyn went to a new gynecologist who said something she had never heard before. Carolyn might have a little bit of endometriosis. And I did some research on endometriosis, and I think that's when I started to get a little scared because, you know, when you read about endometriosis, everybody says it's chronic, you have it your whole life. I think the thing that scared me the most, even though I don't really know what the future holds, and I'm not one of these people that thinks really a lot about having a family or having children, it can cause infertility, and that terrified me. 
Endometriosis is a condition that you're born with. It affects your uterus. When you're born, you have endometrial tissue and cells, and there are these cells that plant themselves in the wrong place. They plant themselves outside of your uterus, outside of your endometrial lining. Carolyn still didn't have a diagnosis, though, and the pain somehow got even worse. I felt like someone was sticking pins in me, like 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 my insides were like pin cushions and someone was just going at them. And it just never went away. Leading up to surgery, I was really, really debilitated. I couldn't leave my house. I couldn't really stand for that long. Um, I was still taking 550 milligrams of naproxen every 12 hours, which I'm sure you can imagine is not really good for your liver or your kidneys or anything. And, uh, and I basically would just sit all day with my heating pad on, turned all the way up to the point where I remember going to the doctor and them looking at my stomach and it was covered in burn marks from the heating pad. And they were like, what? And I was like, I can't, I can't, do, I can't take it off. It's, it's all I, it's the only relief I get. My biggest fear going into surgery was not that it wouldn't work, but that they would find nothing because I think, you know, we are conditioned to see the pain that accompanies our reproductive health as uh, natural. And my fear was that this pain that I had been feeling was just my body saying, you're not strong enough to cope with it. You, your pain is like everybody else's pain, but you're just weak and, and, and you don't actually have endometriosis. You're just not, you're not equipped to handle this. When Carolyn came out of surgery through the haze of drugs, she desperately asked the doctor one question. Did you find anything? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, said the doctor. You were covered in lesions. She finally had an answer for the mysterious pain. Where I was like, okay, like I'm not, you know, I'm not making this up. I actually do have something wrong with me. Getting this diagnosis had taken eight years. For that, for only being in pain for eight years, Carolyn is better off than some people. In North America, the average time it takes to be diagnosed with endometriosis is more than nine years. Nine years! That's especially bad because endometriosis is a disease that's progressive. The longer it's untreated, the more damage it can cause. I'm really upset that it took me eight years to be diagnosed or eight years for someone to mention this might be endometriosis when the, the symptoms were there in black and white for years. And uh, it, it really makes me question the state of gynecological medicine if this is something that isn't you know, out of the gate, something that doctors are talking to patients who have bad periods or, you know, are noticing really painful bowel movements or pain with sex. There are just so many basic symptoms that I think are so common that it's, it's, it's blasphemy that doctors aren't addressing this much sooner. The whole eight years, she thought maybe it was just all in her head. It was hard to trust her own lived experience. It was hard to trust herself. So I think it was sort of a, a two-stage acceptance process where the first stage was this relief and validation that I, I knew I had not made this up and I knew that I, I was comforted in the fact that I knew what was going on with my body. And then on top of it came this, okay, this is, this is a lifelong disease. This is something I am potentially going to cope with for the rest of my life. Pain like this shouldn't have to be a mystery. Endometriosis is rare, but not that rare. The National Institute of Health says that an estimated 10% of women of reproductive age have endometriosis. In the United States, 
That's 5 million women. You have to ask, what role does gender play in the lack of understanding and treatment here? I had gone to the doctor a number of times over the years saying, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I in so much pain? Why, you know, why do I have a pain here? And I always had ultrasounds and nobody brought it up to me until I was 22. It's important to say here that gender is not defined by biology, that there are women with uteruses and women without uteruses, and that transgender people specifically have faced and still face major disparities in healthcare treatment because of discrimination inside and outside the healthcare system that defines women as having to have a uterus. So the big question here is this. Why does it take an average of nine years for anyone with a uterus, regardless of gender identity, to be diagnosed with endometriosis? Why is such a basic part of our bodies such a medical mystery? Yeah, I mean, I think out of the gate, the first issue is the stigmatization of menstruation and reproductive health, period. I mean, I was mortified at having to talk to my professors and say, I have endometriosis or, you know, I mean, some of my really lovely classmates even were like, what is that? And they, they asked me and they wanted to hear about it. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, this is TMI. And, and one of my good girlfriends uh, snapped me out of it. She was like, don't say that. It's not TMI. It's your health and it's normal. And, you know, all like so many of us get periods. It's fine. Carolyn's story is still ongoing. The first surgery didn't work. The doctor burned off all the lesions, but they came back. After two months, she was in debilitating pain again. And I went online and I found hundreds of women in this online community called Nancy's Nook. And then they have other splinter groups that are like, I'm part of the Boston group for endometriosis on Facebook, but they have them all over the country of women who had had the exact same experience as me. They had had cauterization surgery and it didn't work. A more modern, effective surgery involves removing all of the endometriosis, cutting it out rather than just burning off the surface. But there are fewer doctors who do that kind of surgery. Basically, they make their living off of fixing the cautery surgeries that other doctors do. And it's much more common to come across a doctor who does cautery or who does some sort of laser or ablation surgery. So Carolyn is waiting for a second surgery in January. This time she'll be heading up from Boston to Maine because the doctor who does the surgery lives there. She's really hopeful about her new doctor. He seems really good. He seems transparent and open, says Carolyn. And he believes what she says about her body. That seems like it should be basic, but it's not. I'm sure that this is true of a lot of chronic illnesses, but I think that there has to be some element to it that is unique to reproductive health and female pain, where doctors look at these patients and they say, you're just, you're overreacting, you know? You're not in that much pain. And I, I, I read from women, all on, the women that I talk to online, going through doctors, they, one woman actually said she has like, actually I've heard more than one woman say, she has like PTSD from going through so many doctors telling her you're making this up. And I think that too speaks to sort of a neglect for women's health. <laughs> 